happy Friday. You know what that means. It's time for our weekly news recap. Now, before you check out for the weekend, let's take a look back at the week's top state and local stories first. Downstate State Senator Dara Bailey taking a big lead over Richard Irvin. Learning more about how Illinois Congressman Sean Caston's teenage daughter died. Gwen Caston was found dead in her room on Monday. Caston's family says it appears she died in her sleep, but an exact cause has not been determined at this point. Voters now have many more options to cast a ballot before Election Day. A voter may choose to vote at any early voting site that's convenient for them, no matter where they live within Chicago. Joining us here in the studio to take us behind the week's headlines is WTTW political correspondent Amanda Vinicky. Welcome back, Amanda. So glad to be here on this beautiful day. Also with us, WBEZ city government reporter Mariah Wolfel. Hey, Mariah. Hey, Sasha. And Jacoby Cochran, host of the daily news podcast, CityCast Chicago. Good to have you back, Jacoby. Thanks for having me back, Sasha. Shout out to the folks watching us break down the week's news live right now on the WBEZ Facebook and WBEZ YouTube pages. You can also watch this live stream on Reset's Facebook page. All right, let's dive in. Mariah, the June 28th primary race, it's less than two weeks away. Voting sites across all of Chicago's 50 wards, they opened up on Monday. How are things going with that? Yeah, so early voting for county, state, and U.S. Senate races, it's it's going to run until, until June 27th. And so online voter, voter registration is actually closed for the primary election, but you can you can still go to an early voting site and sign up to and, and register to vote in person on that day. You have to bring two forms of ID that show your current address and voting sites are open during the week uh, from nine to six Saturdays from nine to five Sundays from 10 to four. Um, and, and so I hope everyone's writing that. Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it's it. always great on the radio, you know, as people Got are it. driving. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you can go on the, the state or the city board of Chicago board of elections to find out where early voting sites are. There's one in every ward. Yeah. Um, and, and go, go cast your vote. Let's take a look at the latest in the governor's race. State Senator Darren Bailey is now the Republican front runner. It's exciting to see it when it's public, but I'm going to tell you the momentum behind this movement, it's real. What are the polls telling us, Amanda? I will say he's right that there's momentum and it appears to be real. It's not just one poll, but several polls that put Bailey in the lead. Jesse Sullivan, likewise, trying to say he is internal polling. We haven't seen cross tabs on that or anything that says that he's got a chance to. It really is sort of an unexpected turn of events because for a long time, Richard Irvin was the leader and he certainly is a leader in fundraising. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple things to point out, though. First of all, this is a very unique election, despite, as Mariah noted, it being easier than ever to cast a ballot, people aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It's just not happening. Turnout so far for early voting is pretty abysmal. We have never had a June 28th primary like this. It's a unique time to be holding things. People, well, I guess pools won't be open yet, but people nonetheless are probably going to be busy enjoying their summers, maybe taking vacations right. versus voting. Um, also, you cannot ignore that part of what perhaps is behind this Irvin backslide is um, th- there's a lot there, but you cannot ignore <laughs> The money that has been pumped into the race by Democrats, including Governor J.B. Pritzker, who, of course, is himself uh, very wealthy, one of Illinois' wealthiest residents, 
to try to defeat Irvin with the expectation. Million. Yes, thirty-four million. I mean, in it's really interesting because what you have had seen originally was Pritzker's money sort of being fueled to the Democratic Governors Association, yeah. which was behind these ads. Now he's not even backing off. I mean, it's full out funded by Governor J.B. Pritzker. And so he's not shying away from what he's trying to do here. That is, it appears, at least from those polls, not turning off voters um, who the the expectation, again, by Pritzker that Bailey will be much easier to beat in a general election. Final note, real quick. This is all polling. I mean, I think it mm-hmm. is important, but it's also important to not get too much into the horse race here. Yeah. And one of the maybe failures by some of these candidates has been the lack of diving into the issues. And that mm. might be behind part of it. Mm-hmm. So, Jacoby, you have thoughts. I heard you chuckling a, a moment ago. Another piece of this puzzle, too, is is, is uh, billionaire Ken Griffin, who yeah. spent $50 million, as we know, on Irvin's campaign. Uh, bad investment? I mean, it's looking like it right now. I want to thank Vinicky for coming on CityCast to break down this GOP slate for me. And that $50 million was supposed to really lead Irvin into the general election. And I think this entire time, that's where his focus has been. So he's tried to avoid questions about Trump and how conservative he's willing to go. Uh, but Bailey has not. Bailey has called Chicago straight up a hellhole. So anytime I see him with a flamethrower on my television <laughs> on an ad, I'm a little scared and I'm a little worried. But this reverse psychology that uh, Amanda was mentioning in terms of uh, the DGA and Governor Pritzker putting money to try to defeat a, you know, some would we'll call it easier candidate could backfire. Because, again, we're talking about polls. And after 2016, I look at polls with way more skepticism than I ever have. And so I don't think anybody should get too comfortable in this race. And I mean, what's a bad investment to a mega billionaire anyway? Yeah. Well, Mariah, in the end, do you think any Republican candidate has a serious chance of winning against Pritzker? Well, I don't think you should rule that out, especially Republicans tend to do well when there's a Democrat in the White House during midterm elections. So if if history is any indication, again, like that's that's not something to rule out. In 94, when Clinton was in the White House, you know, Illinois Republicans took over the state legislature. And and that's when Mike Madigan wasn't speaker for for a term in his long tenure. Uh, Bruce Rauner won the governorship of Illinois when Obama was in the White House. Uh, in 2014 against uh, Pat Quinn. Mm -hmm. But um, as we all know, Governor J.B. Pritzker is not Pat Quinn. Pat Quinn wasn't a billionaire. And so I think... For, it's going to be hard for anyone to beat yeah. uh, Pritzker. Especially with the abortion decision coming mm-hmm. and just the dynamics population of Illinois. Yeah, and he's been putting himself out in front of that one for yes. sure. Uh, Mariah, a new Sun-Times WBEZ poll, it sheds some light on how Illinois Republicans are feeling about all of this. What did we learn? Oh, quite a, quite a lot. I mean, <laughs> basically the main takeaway from the poll, I think, is that the the GOP, Illinois GOP is is Trump GOP. More yeah. than two thirds of the state's GOP voters believe that one, that Trump actually won the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Um, nine out of 10 still like the former president. Just 18 percent of of participants or, you know, of GOP voters in Illinois believe that Joe Biden won the election. And so um uh, two two thirds want want Trump to run again for president in 2024, mm-hmm. um, and so it, it seems to show that that Trump's double impeachment, that you know the January 6th committee hearings we're all witnessing this week, don't seem to have any influence over 
uh, over Republican voters. There's something else people aren't watching. Um, Amanda, a lot of chatter this week about the governor being in New Hampshire. Yes, there is. I mean, there has been a lot of chatter. you know what? Kind of anytime you get a go- people and we're talking, Rauner, does he want to be president? Does Pritzker want to go to the White House? I mean, I mean certainly it does seem as if if you're going to be in New Hampshire, what does that say? Then again, is New Hampshire going to be in the next presidential contest? What it has been, particularly as Democrats look to potentially change up that calendar. By the way, Illinois looking for its place to be one of the first leading states that would sort of be decisive in a presidential nominee going forward. Um, Certainly, we need to remember Pritzker came on the scene in Illinois after really having made a lot of connections in D.C. throughout his adult life. He's been active in politics, active in, oh, by the way, again, billionaire, giving a whole lot of money to the decision makers in the Democratic Party. So I I don't think you have many politicians who would say, yeah, you have a path to the White House that would say no to that. Um, But Pritzker so far has certainly not said, yes, this is something that I want. He's all in for four years in Illinois. But I would not discount uh, presidential or at least even cabinet level aspirations. Well, Jacoby, what do you think? He's he's joining Democrats at their annual convention. Could you see Pritzker running for president? Throughout his term, I've I've remarked on Pritzker with uh, this phrase of uh, what feels like easy layups, that it feels like on big hot button topics, he tends to take the easy layup. Mm. He's highly visible. I've That's seen him a at basketball the, reference the, for those of you. Right. I, I've seen him at the <laughs> Bud Billiken. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, here for you. Easy points, right? It seems like he's taking easy points. And, you know, I, I, I've listened to his speeches. I've, I've seen him out at the parades, whether it's the Puerto Rican festival or the Bud Billiken parade. Uh, and there seems to at least be a competency there, an understanding of what the issues are, how to navigate them rhetorically in a way that doesn't isolate people. <clears throat> and while I would definitely like him to be more progressive, a little more vocal, a little stronger, not to dip into that, you know, uh, uh, crime bill type bag at times, uh, the politics and the gubernatorial race and running for president is, is a game at the end of the day. Uh, and that's why I use the the reference that I do. It looks like Pritzker understands how to hit some easy layups. And with a billion dollars in the bag and a war chest that is, you know, as large as he wants it to be. I mean, we know what moves politics and, and that's money. And he got a lot of it. It's a game that it looks like he's playing. Yeah. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We are going behind the headlines on the weekly news recap with WTTW's Amanda Vinicky, WBEZ's Mariah Wolfel, and Jacoby Cochran, who's host of the podcast City Cast Chicago. A reminder that you can now watch the weekly news recap live right now, WBEZ's Facebook and YouTube pages, also the Reset Facebook page. I want to touch on some tragic news, uh, Amanda, in West Suburban uh, 6th Congressional District. Sean Caston's 17-year-old daughter was found dead. What do we know at this point? It's horrific. It's sad. We we don't know much. His family has said that she died peacefully. They believe in her sleep, but we really don't know details. Uh, and it's unclear when, if we will learn what happened. As you noted, she was only 17 years old. Yeah. Um, this certainly had been one of the marquee races, setting up two incumbent Democrats, Kasten versus Marie Newman. Uh, she has taken some of her more critical ad- her critical ads of Kasten off the air at okay. this time. We it, the race is sort of taken a backseat to this mm-hmm. news, uh, of course. Uh, 
I will say that the statement put out by the Caston family, while not providing details that they say they don't know and are probably asking and wondering themselves, was really quite beautiful in that it talked about all that Gwen cared about and was involved in and had some key phrases like savor the moments and lead with love. And that's the message that they're trying to put out. Jacoby, a, a lot of candidates in races on that June 28th ballot, as, as we mentioned. Sometimes it, it can actually feel a bit overwhelming, even for me, mm-hmm. as someone who's got to cover it all. But you interviewed someone from the Water Reclamation District this week. They have a whole slate of candidates on the ballot. Mm-hmm. What races are on your radar then? Oh, man, that's, that's a really good point. Uh, the first congressional district uh, outside of the MWRD, which for me, that was an opportunity really for me to learn. Right. I, I went into that interview very honest. I didn't really know what water reclamation was, uh, but but Kim Dubuclay helped me out. Right, mm-hmm. she let me know that that is any water leaving out your house, out the drains, sewage systems. They're responsible for that, so it's an important race. Uh, the tribe and uh, my girl Tonya really hipped me to the history in the first congressional district. You got ninety years of Black history. A Black man has been the leader of that district, and now after thirty years, Bobby Rush is retiring. Right, and and you got twenty one candidates running to replace him. We're going to be talking to some of those candidates on Monday at First Presbyterian Church from 6 to 8.30, a reinventing public safety conversation. Uh, but that's a district I've spent pretty much my entire uh, my entire life living in. All my grandmas, my mom, oh, me wow. right now live in that district. And so for a district that is loyal and that tends to put people in for a very long time, even some people, three people I think have, have died in that or you know, have uh, a few people have died in that office, you know, whoever is – uh, slated to be the next uh, congressperson in the 1st Congressional District is you know, going to inherit a lot of power. Yeah. 21 candidates. I mean, it is oh, so, so hard to wrap your head around. Oh, with, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. I, I want to jump in the interest of time to the uh, race for Cook County Board President, Mariah. Get us up to speed on that. Sure. So this is between Cook, current Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle. She's running for her fourth term, being challenged by former Cook County Commissioner Richard Boykin. He's, a, he's also an attorney and Oak Park. Um, They had an interesting debate on WTTW this week uh, where they really sparred over Preckwinkle's efforts to reduce the number of people who are held on bail before trial in uh, Cook County Jail and whether that has, you know, led to the surge in crime that Chicago's seeing. Boykin saying it's not the right approach to reduce that number of people held on bail. Preckwinkle defending her record on that, you know, saying she's proud of the work that she's done with Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox and Chief Judge Tim Evans to make sure that Cook County isn't a debtor's prison where people are held um, for failure or, you know, for inability to pay bail. Um, and so that's one that's at least one issue that's kind of emerging in this race. Um, but Preckwinkle is far out fundraising Boykin. Um, I think she has as as as. Early as three months ago, I think like five times more in the bank than than Boykin. Mm. And the the stature and connections of being a president fourth. of the Cook County Democratic yeah. Party. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that yeah. is huge. But he is up on air with some commercials that I think might resonate with people calling her the tax queen of Cook County. I mean, uh-huh. that's a phrase that may resonate with people, especially when their pocketbooks are hurting. Mm-hmm. One more quick story before we take a break. I'm pivoting to business now and I'm looking at you, Amanda. After nearly a century in Illinois, construction equipment manufacturer Caterpillar announced it's moving. It's going to Texas leaving North Suburban Deerfield. 
How big of a blow is that for this state? It, it certainly is a big blow. You might have uh, the Prisker administration talk about, we're getting companies coming into Illinois. That is true. But they're not S&P 500 companies. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the companies that has distinctive ties to Illinois. It was a big deal, frankly, when it left Peoria for Dealfield, right. a huge blow to central Illinois. That was back in 97 and sort of or 2007. 2017. I'm 2017. I'm, yeah. I'm mixing up myself. It was not that long ago. <laughs> five years. There we go. And so it, just in this five year turn, really sort of that that was already a big thing for Illinois and maybe a sign of what was to come. But it, is, Boeing, a blow. it talk, is a blow. It is a blow. Boeing mm-hmm. recently announced yeah. it's leaving as well. You it's, want those big corporations going to D.C. All right. City politics, along with Chicago's temperatures, the mayor's race is also heating up. Activist Jamal Green, the latest to challenge Lori Lightfoot. So who is Jamal Green, Jacoby? I see what you did there, uh, Sasha. Uh, (laughs) That was cute. Well, with like every candidate, it depends on who you ask, right? To some people close to him, people who have worked with him, Jamal Green is a community activist, somebody who's deeply rooted in issues in the streets. He's fought against police and big banks. Uh, In his campaign announcement, he talked about cutting gun violence in half, creating 10K new homeowners, uh, you know, restoring abandoned properties. If you ask other people, some people might say with the moniker youngest person to run for mayor, maybe he's chasing clout. Maybe somebody who is an activist, somebody who understands the stakes that are ahead. He knows that the likelihood that he'll win is low. So is this about making change or is this about growing your own personal profile? I'm not one to speak about what's in somebody's heart. You can only define somebody in many ways by their actions, yeah. what they show you. And, and he is highly visible. You know, if you type him in, there's a lot to look up, a lot to read, oh, a yeah. lot to see. Um, he, he's definitely there have been questions about, you know, how he works with people, how he collaborates with people, you know, how he plans to. Uh, institute some of these plans, not only economically, but, you know, being the mayor is also about working with other people, you know, making sure that you have a a strong base inside a city council. And, you know, I I wonder with all of the candidates who are out now, you know, how do they plan to to build those relationships? And and so I'm going to hold J-Mall to the same standard Mm -hmm. that I hold any of the other seven or eight official candidates. You know, what are the plans? How are you going to pay for it? How are you going to collaborate with people? And, And are your ideas innovative? Yeah. What are you hearing, Mariah? Why is he saying that he's running again? Because he's run for mayor before. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He ran in 2019 and um, and, you know, uh, withdrew his name from the ballot after a signature challenge from Willie Wilson, who's, uh, as we all know, running again as well. Um, but he says the city's in in disarray, just just as everyone who's who's running again thinks that they have what it takes to get the city back on track with with crime, with economic uh, recovery, with, you know, investing in communities that have been disinvested in. He says he's he's learned from 2019. He's going to have more money this time. He has name recognition and that his life experiences um, growing up in Chicago, you know, uh, being being kicked out of schools, um, you know, really, really being a kid who's a, who's experienced um, just just growing up in this city. Uh, that 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 qualifies him to to lead it. Yeah. And it's not 21 like we talked about before. There are seven candidates running <laughs> against Mayor Lightfoot. Quickly, so far. So far. Right. So still far. got a couple of maybes. I still have time, right, LaShawn Ford, there Sophia King. There's some people. Walk us through briefly who her challengers are. Okay. So I have this written down, obviously. Please. Because I'm always going to miss <laughs> Run someone. Through Alderman Roderick Sawyer. Um, you know, Southside longtime alderman. His his dad uh, was a former mayor for a brief short amount of time after Harold Washington died. 
uh, former Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis, Illinois State Representative Cam Buckner. Mm-hmm. Um, South- Good story by Mariah, by the way. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Shout out. Uh, um, Southside Alderman Raymond Lopez, one of the city council's most conservative um, alderman. He's running on a tough crime, tough on crime uh, campaign. Um, and then Willie Wilson, who we talked about, a Chicago businessman. And I wasn't counting, but that sounded like seven. Sure. Uh, <laughs> former Governor Pat Quinn was back in the news. He's trying to impose term limits for Chicago's mayor. Let's listen. Mayor Lightfoot said she favored term limits. She said it over and over again. After three and a half years, we've got to get the mayor moving here uh, to put this issue on the ballot. What's going on, Amanda? First of all, that is very classic Pat Quinn. He Hmm. is Mr. Referenda. Uh, And he also, by the way, is bringing up something that is very popular with voters. You hear term limits, people like it. He presented a poll that is not at all surprising. Folks generally like that term, even if maybe they're not in favor of it, depending on who the mayor is and if it's somebody that's beloved. It also by the way, could be his own platform, add to that list, make it 8, 9, 10. I don't know if we'll get to 21, but as that (laughs) growing field of mayoral challengers, uh, it continues, we could see Quinn bring that into the fold, and something like this could be one of his strategies to get people to back his campaign. Well, what is the process to get term limits passed? So you need to, in this, and Mariah, correct me, because my expertise Mm -hmm. is more state ballots versus city ones, but you have to get city council approval. And so he would need the alder people to get behind this they might how likely is that i would say they're going to look to put something else on the ballot you can use just as he might may be doing to try to bring name recognition and his own campaign with this you can use ballot initiatives in all sorts of ways and there's a limited number so Mm. will pat quinn's make it to the top Mm-hmm. Eh, I would right now if I were a betting person and, and and I'm not when Chicago gets this casino, you're probably not going to find me there all that often. But if I were a betting person, I would say, no, this is not going to be something that yeah. city yeah. voters will be presented with. Yeah. So the average prices uh, are reaching six dollars a gallon of, you guessed it, fuel. Uh, so gas giveaways are continuing here. The mayor's office says the first ten thousand $150 gas mm-hmm. cards, they've been distributed or are ready to be picked up at City Hall. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're ready at, at uh, 121 <laughs> they're ready North, to be North distributed. <laughs> um, awaiting pickup. So, th- yeah. This transit is, cards, too? Transit cards. Uh, I think th- those are still um, are in the process of being distributed. That's going to be 25,000 transit cards. A, an additional 10,000 gas cards will be given out to residents, uh, the mayor's office says, in, in the coming weeks. Um, you can still apply to get a gas card. Uh, How do you get it? You can go on the city's website, apply online uh, through September 1st. Um, and more than 90,000 people have already applied for these gas cards. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, my trusty fact checkers here, a.k.a. the Reset producers, are saying we haven't mentioned Frederick Collins Oh, sure. Frederick Collins, Chicago cop, Frederick Collins. Also running for mayor? Yes. 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 That, that See, my list seven. didn't even help me because that was seven. Seven. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's seven. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he's, no offense uh, to Fred, but he's often forgotten in that list. He is. Yeah. Sorry, Fred. But we remembered you, and, and there you are. Um, Jacoby, some people have been um, critical of the mayor's $12.5 million Chicago Moves program. They say it's essentially buying votes. Mm-hmm. What do you think about all these giveaways? I mean, isn't it a part of how Chicago does things, trading things for things? Uh, You you got Willie Wilson, who had very popular but 
really traffic halting gas mm-hmm. and grocery giveaways. Uh, you see the mayor not only with the twelve point five million on venture cards and gas. You you got security camera re- rebates for lights and GPS trackers. Uh, and then you have the $31 million pilot program, which will give $500 to 5,000 families for, for a year, I believe. You know, no strings attached. Yeah. Outside of, obviously, the extensive application process. And critics argue that that was something that was already being considered when she came in and the timing of supporting that. She could say maybe it's the Fed dollars that came in that gave us the ability to pay for it, bouncing back from covid some people would say it, it sounds like an election, um, you know, an election prop. And then, mm-hmm. of course, I think both can be true. Right, both, both can be true. And, the, and then Preckwinkle was like, uh, the biggest in, in the nation. I don't know about that. I think I got <laughs> whole million more dollars to give to this. And, and let's not forget the state. The state's doing it, too. Right. J.B. I mean, Pritzker is, yes. is talking about cutting grocery uh, taxes. And for me, as somebody who understands that the problems that we are facing right now, they need solutions, that people need gas relief, they need grocery relief, they need rent and mortgage relief, mm-hmm. but, but these things feel like short-term solutions to long-term problems. Especially when a recession hits, I think we're going to be talking in a lot of future shows right? about, okay, so this budget it happened, what about next cycle mm-hmm. with if a recession does come and that's going to hit all of these taxpayer coffers, what about then when people are still hurting? I was yeah. going to say that about mayoral candidates. A lot of them are arguing, what will the mayor do without the Fed dollars? Well, what will you do? Because you'd be the mayor coming after a 2023 budget that is giving millions more dollars to social programs that you might then be on the hook for saying, oh, now we have to cut this. So for me, these solutions and and these free things can be good. And I I don't think they go far enough. But what about a a capital plan to build more community centers, health centers, right? Reinvigorate field houses, more rent mortgage relief, like lower the cost of CTA and Metro, you know, help people uh, with uh, affordable housing by taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, we are talking about generational problems. The mayor's Mm -hmm. office also is handing out uh, money for mental health, Mm $3.1 million, right, Mariah, to about a dozen providers. Yep, that's right. Those those numbers are right. This is part of the mayor's strategy to to fill gaps that have been left in the city after the closure of uh, how many how many clo- twelve mental health clinics? I think. Um, sorry, yes. I, I, under twelve Rahm mental Emanuel. health under uh, under Rahm Emanuel in twenty fifteen, and those city run clinics have not been reopened. The Chicago Department of Public Health and the mayor's office says, yes, we haven't we haven't reopened these city run. Mental health clinics, but we're pushing millions of dollars to nonprofit organizations. And the mayor's office this week said that that approach is working. That um, you know this more, most recent lot of money, three point one million dollars, is is going to allow you know sixty thousand Chicagoans yeah. to get mental health services. Um, it's neoliberalism at its finest, right there. Yeah, I think depending on who you ask, that approach is is not enough, and and people want city run public mental health clinics that are accountable to taxpayers in in the city. Well, I want to talk about another big story of the week, something that nearly scared the bejesus out of me. (laughs) 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 This wild weather, 85 mile per hour winds, Mm -hmm. a tornado warning. This was on Monday night. And then this excessive heat warning on Tuesday. Did y'all hear the tornado sirens? 
Uh, I, I was in Michigan, so I got a lot of tweets oh, and a lot of texts about him, but oh, I got to avoid boy. hearing I the sirens pop through the neighborhood. not loud enough, actually. <laughs> they I, I, you wanted more. Yeah, I they mean, weren't. if you're going to ring a siren, I want it to be blaring <laughs> so that I know. Mine was pretty loud. My dog was, like, trying to howl at the oh, same pitch of the sirens. Yeah. Oh, man. Cute. Chicago Twitter is upset or obsessed with tornado sirens and heat indexes. You should be. Right? Right? <laughs> a place with a tornado, you kind of brush it off until yeah. you have covered the devastation from one mm-hmm. and seen Absolutely. it on the front lines. Then you take it a bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. My, my producer like, told me this week that, because I was like, I mean, is, it, is something really going to touch down in like could. the city? Yeah. And she was like, it's a myth that tornadoes are not possible. And I was like. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's certainly whoa, possible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, so they're possible? Yes. Apparently they oh, yeah. are. Talk they to are the possible. new Chicagoan guys. What? Yeah, that is possible. Because I ignored those sirens. I hey, thought, I'm disassociated from those facts. I thought it was just like a really long no. ambulance ride. That would also be devastating. Which but would no, also be devastating. And then I was yeah. like, what is happening? Um, well, temperatures are hovering over 100 degrees this week. Aldermen were fired up about their neighborhood pools not being open. Yeah. Jacoby... The city's facing a serious shortage of lifeguards, too. Is that right? If you go Google national lifeguard shortage, you'll see things oh, yeah. from Tacoma, Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, Florida. And I'm going to be real with you, because when I look into the research, they say that this is a trend that's been happening for 20 years. So it doesn't really feel like a national lifeguard shortage. It feels like a wage shortage, because when I look into all those places, Philadelphia, Tacoma, Chicago, Florida, it's looking at 15 to 18 dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to talk free markets, this and free markets, this, I understand that these are public pools, city funded taxpayer funded but like the market is saying that 15 to 18 dollars ain't enough mm-hmm. right and if you really care about providing uh young people providing neighborhoods with alternative opportunities places to get away from the heat places to be instead of as they would say in the streets then you have to take these things seriously these public goods and these resources and that means investing in the young people who are going to be there there's also a credibility issue here there's an entire investigation that we are still looking at uh, decades of abuse mm-hmm. and if you go type that in, right, because Shout of out to Dan my boy, right, who came on CityCast and taught me about what's been going on, you've seen people getting fired and you've seen people coming out to say, we'll take accountability. But if you go look in national uh, lifeguard abuse scandal, you ain't got a bunch of articles about that. But I yeah. promise you at public pools and beaches across it also, the nation, this is happening. It also yeah. seems like a lack of perhaps planning, mm-hmm. too. I mean, there, there have been signs that this was coming. So as you noted, I mean, beyond just wages, OK, what sort of programs are there to mm-hmm. get that? Because you can't just automatically become a lifeguard. No. Right. There's a whole lot right. of training you gotta pay for that these goes training into it. You have to too. help people go through the necessary certifications. It is a tough job. People's lives are on the line. But it does stink for people who just want to swim in a pool when it is hot. Yeah, yeah. Chicago Park District confirms pools will remain closed until July 5th. Yeah. Uh, real quick, another sign of summer, festivals, street festivals. They're in full spring, uh, full swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chicago Pride Fest, uh, Taste of Randolph, the Gold Coast Art Fair, do you have any favorite summer weekend festivals, Mariah? I love Chicago Pride. It's yeah. great energy. Um, you know, I go with a group of friends every year, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Jacoby? Silver Room Block Party is I'm back. I'm going this Gosh. year. It's back. A shout out to the Silver wait. Room, Eric Williams. We're trying to get, you know, have a relationship there so we can continue to promote it as much as possible. But it's moving to Oakwood Beach this year. It's going to be happening, I think, July 16th, July 17th. Uh, so we're going to be out there uh, either way, uh, you know, battling the heat, 
And most people are just going to be on the beach. There ain't going to be a lot of people in the water. It's a very black <laughs> event. So the Where water are you going to be, gonna be, be Amanda? Oh, I, I love any festival. Every festival, Midsummer. Shout out, to, shout out to my Swedes, was last weekend. I was out of town for Hot Dog Fest. I, I like anything oh. that involves oh. food. So that was a bummer to miss. But Did you put ketchup I'm on I'm up it? for any of them. Heck no. No ketchup. <laughs> I, I'm know, a mustard queen. I love mustard. No, ketchup. Pro, pro ketchup. Pro ketchup. Pro ketchup. Pro ketchup. Pro ketchup. Oh, you're pro ketchup? Yes. I'm out. Oh, I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's got to have all the other fixes. Three to one. I need some ketchup in there too. Nice, nice, nice. That is Jacoby Cochran, host of the podcast (laughs) CityCast Chicago, WBEZ's Mariah Wolfel, and WTTW's Amanda Vinicky. Thank you all for joining and have a great weekend. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.